Hey, this is Max, and this is The Uncommon Truth, where we're in search of the church the way Jesus meant it to be. Here on The Uncommon Truth, we're all about Jesus, and we want to talk about what it means to be an authentic Christian in our society today. The way we do that is by having conversations with people who are actively trying to live out the words of Jesus in their day-to-day lives. And the reason it's called The Uncommon Truth is because even in Christianity, it seems like an uncommon approach. There's not a whole lot of people that will just say, well, let me read the words of Jesus and let me just do them. It's not that we've got everything figured out here on The Uncommon Truth, but we're trying. So if you enjoy thinking about your faith or if you've ever felt like North American Christianity was maybe missing something, then I think you're going to find The Uncommon Truth really interesting and hopefully inspiring and helpful. Today I'm going to be joined by Derek Devine. He's the men's pastor at the Father's House Church, and he's leading a new men's conference coming up in March called Jesus Man. It's coming up March 24th through 26th here in 2020, and uh, we're going to talk to him a little bit about what that's going to be like. We're also going to get into a discussion on manhood, what society says about manhood in general, what it takes to be a man, and, and how we're sort of getting the wrong ideas and and how some of that maybe even is seeping into the church. After the conversation, stick around for more information about that men's conference, including possibly a link to get some money off if you're planning on attending. I'll also get into a little bit of what you can expect from the Uncommon Truth here in 2020. So Happy New Year and thanks for listening as we sit down with Derek Devine here on The Uncommon Truth. All right, Derek, welcome to The Uncommon Truth. I've got Derek Devine here, and he's been my guest a couple times before. Last time we were following some of your story, you're a former NFL quarterback. You're married to Steve's daughter, Danielle. She's been on the show. She's talked about uh, a little bit about your guys saying yes to Jesus, being here in Oroville, giving up some of the things that were in front of you that you could have grasped and and deciding to say yes to Jesus. You're also... uh, you're like me, you got three kids, you got two girls and a little boy, so you got Dominica, Dallas, and, and DJ, and yeah. uh, and Minnie comes up a lot in our house, because Minnie and Jovi are sort of kind of close in age, and so your oldest and my oldest, and uh, I was just thinking about when I was when I was looking at recording with you, thinking about, I keep quotes on my phone of what my kids say sometimes, because yeah, I yeah. want to go back and look at them, and so this is what came out of Jovi's mouth the other day, she goes, Dad... Gangsters are powerful and dangerous. <laughs> where's and, you, where's and you get I said, what, "Yeah, that's my question. Yeah, where you Who told you that? Yeah. Jesus and Minnie, <laughs> right? So, you be honored. Your daughter's up there with Jesus in my three-year-old's mind. Oh, of, of where I was she wondering where truth. she heard that word gangster at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you kind of yeah. kind of can tell. She and then last night she's like. We don't talk to gangsters, or we don't we don't talk to strangers if they have guns in their hands. <laughs> like, well, there's other there's other layers there. They learn that also, in kids' church around here. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> well, I mean, yesterday we're, we're dropping. We I think we both dropped our kids off at the at the co-op. You know the the little daycare here yeah. on campus yesterday, and oh, there's like three squad cars across the across the little road, and you know just Place hanging out rated. with the local local residents. So. Yeah. 
I guess I guess our daughters knowing that gangsters are powerful and dangerous, and uh, not oh. to say hi to strangers with guns in their hands is is good. Oh. Right? It's okay. Send your kids to the father's house. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, they're they're in good hands. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all you need to see is a, a picture of Derek here. We're we're sitting about three feet away from each other, and there's zero leg room between us because his his it's not because his legs are so long. It's because his calves are about to knock me over. But uh, yeah, so they'll be safe, right? Oh yeah. So I wanted to have you on the show because, well, for lots of reasons, but we've got this men's conference coming up called Jesus Man, and you're heading that up. You're the men's pastor here at the Father's House, and so that was that's a vision you had, and uh, so I want to just get your thoughts on on manhood today, on like why we why we need a a man a men's conference here, and and what we really some of the problems we're seeing and what we want to want to accomplish. So. First thing I wanted to ask you is, what do you see as like the state of manhood in in North America right now? What's going on? Yeah, I um, had the opportunity to really kind of talk with Steve about it because he came to me and said, "Hey, we we really need to start getting the men around here grouped up. We need to start partnering together. We need to start drawing people in from our congregation as well, not just kind of our staff and team and mm-hmm. and and intern type situation like that. But we need to." We need to actually start growing a group of men to uh, to start pushing forward in in this Jesus movement and, and what Jesus is calling calling uh, men to be. And mm-hmm. a lot of society right now it just doesn't look like that. It's really becoming softer. It, yeah, it, it's at a point where men aren't really allowed to be men anymore. And Steve really talks a lot about the World War II generation. Yeah, and the greatest how generation. Was the greatest generation, yeah. and because those men were were almost forced to be men, you mm-hmm. know, they were forced to go out and do what the men had to do, and the women played such a key role in what that was, you know, and 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 they filled such a gap as well. And I've actually had the opportunity to talk to quite a few women and about the conference, and because they're really interested in in what we're doing and men really becoming mm-hmm. men. And they, and they voiced numerous times of just, that is so special. We need that men yeah. need to really come, come back out and, and rise up and, and be what God called them to be. And I think it's just getting distorted. Guys are getting softer. It's, it's at a point where they're not having to push in mm-hmm. and they're not having to do the hard things like we've had to in previous generations. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I kind of wonder what, what's behind that like that growing soft is it like you never want to be in a world war but that seemed to that seemed to really set the stage for decades of like that was the the launch of like i don't know america wasn't really a a huge power before that i've got a degree in history so i'm i'm all nerdy on this stuff yeah america wasn't actually that big of a power in the world in the in like 1930s right we were in the middle of the the depression and nothing was going right and and then and then it's kind of like, well, America, you better step up or the world's going to be speaking German and Japanese and Italian, right? And, yeah. And it's like after that, it was clearly the number one power in the world. And and so then you don't want those conflicts, but you almost you need something to strive against, right? And yeah. What is there to strive against for men these days? I don't I don't really know. <laughs> you know, it, 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 the biggest thing that I, I feel like the World War II generation did was the country needed a, uh, needed the men to go to war mm-hmm. and 
you were asked to fill a role and they didn't care about your opinion of it. Yeah. This was your role. If you were in a tank, an airplane, mm-hmm. if you were on ground, whatever it was, that's what you did. Yeah. If you, I mean, there is no, well, I want to do this. Why does he get to do that? When am I going to get a turn? When's it my chance? And it's like, they didn't really care about that. <laughs> yeah. There was a void and you needed to fill it and you filled it the way we asked you to fill it. And I feel like there's such an entitlement nowadays of mm. when's it my turn? When do I get yeah. it? When do I get to do something? And it's just kind of, I think you didn't have the time to do that yeah. in that generation because there was so much at stake. And it was your job just to do what your country needed. Yeah. And nowadays, it's everybody gets an opinion. Everybody's feelings are hurt. We need to make sure everybody feels okay. Mm-hmm. When there's just so many areas where we need to step up. We need to be men. We need to do stuff you don't want to do. That's just yeah. what life is sometimes. You have to do stuff you don't feel like. Yeah. There's several jobs as a father and as a husband that you just don't want to do sometimes, but it's your job. Yeah. And a lot of guys aren't being pushed to do that. I, I, uh, so Steve bought a couple houses he's trying to flip here in, yeah. here in Southside. And, and if you haven't been to Southside, just Google, Google Earth it a little bit. Um, yeah. you'll see some, some fun, fun sites. So yeah. were you part of that job cleaning out the house the last I didn't couple clean, weeks? I didn't clean out the house, but no. But you, I heard you heard it about terrible. it, right? So th- yeah. these guys, uh, these guys that are anywhere from our, some students on, on the team here to, like LRM life recovery disciples getting their lives back together. Yep. And, uh, the job is to clean out a house that's been, been like people have been squatting in pissed in and yeah, for, for however long. Right. Yeah. And, and they got to clean that place out. So, so that the, the church can make money off of it. Right. And, and build it up and make it actually turn, turn this, what's been this horrible, eyesore on this street into something that's actually like the the cornerstone of the street but first you got to shovel out all this whatever you know like yeah. and just the it's there's a certain smell to it and it doesn't it doesn't leave you for a while yeah and these guys are just like all right let's rip <laughs> right yeah they're just you know like wow that was a disgusting day but they're doing it together they're yeah they they see the goal right and they're they're excited to actually like get through it yeah, they see it provides for the church, yeah, but they also see that it actually provides for the community. Yeah. There's actually going to be two new homes placed in this community that are completely redone. There's going to be yards and driveways, and there's so much stuff going on that's going to provide such an atmosphere change here, and guys are willing to do whatever it takes to have that yeah. have that happen, you know, to provide that in this community. And, it's, and that is an act of something where... Nobody wants to be there right now. Mm-hmm. If they were all provided a different job that day, they'd probably all raise their hand. Yeah. And But at the end of the day, they looked at it and said, this needs to get done. Let me be part of it. Yeah. Well, and, you know? and Steve was there right by, right beside him, like yeah. helping him, you know, doing the same job with him, right? This yeah. is, uh, this is the, the head honcho going in and getting his, his hands dirty with them and putting his boots on, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm thinking, thinking about this, like, both with the war generation, World War II generation, and with just talking about this goal, like things that we have to strive for or things that are pushing us to, to, and and we don't really see that. Yeah. So what, what messages are, are boys receiving before they even become men that like, what messages are they receiving that that's signals are getting crossed or, or what's going on? I think they see, I mean, if there's any compromise at the home, 
they're going to be see you know they're they're going to see that i mean mm-hmm. you, our kids are extremely intelligent children man nowadays they're very observant yeah kids are very observant of what they're taking in what they're seeing and they learn to ha- how to act how to behave what to do based on what their parents are doing yeah and then you mix that with the public school system and then you fast forward 18 years and oftentimes everybody's off yeah. and then obviously there's varying degrees of what that is but a lot of it is and everybody gets a metal generation. We mm-hmm. don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Give everybody a shot. And you've really kind of weeded out the hard work, the dedication. Yeah. You know, the sacrifice of the things that our country's had to do. It's like yeah. we've softened that up so that nobody gets lost along the way or nobody's feelings get hurt. And then we fast forward 70 years, 80 years, and it's like, where are we at right now? Yeah. Yeah, I remember, so I used to lead a summer camp in Canada and Canada is a little bit farther along on the social programs of yeah like the participation trophies and the yeah and it's actually in the Canadian public school system at least in Manitoba where I was at it's almost impossible to fail a kid from school yeah it's it is almost impossible and all the kid needs to do now is show up and even that you can you know, you don't show up. Okay. For a few days, you can go back and make it up somehow. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. there's always like, some sort of extra credit or, and, and even like, I'm, I'm in my thirties. I'm your same age, right? When we were in school, like if we weren't, if we weren't there, there were, there were phone calls being made. There were, yeah. there were, you know, like we were hunted you're down just suspended from school. Right. Yeah. You're just, you're hunted down and you're found. Right. And, yeah. and even if you do, Steve talks about like he, he, uh, he, played hooky one day and he was like well this sucks everybody's in school you know everybody's yeah, at yeah. work what am i supposed to do like just well my mom was my mom was a teacher and she retired like a year after i had uh, like a year or two before i graduated high school okay and so she was in kind of the older generation of, of teaching and if you know that's when you'd run the mile and you'd have PE and you'd yep. have all this stuff climb and, the rope <laughs> and now it's like kids don't even do PE or if they do they just walk or they don't care yep. or they don't show up where it's like where my mom would do it's like you didn't run or didn't participate she'd just kick you out of her class yeah she'd drop you see you later flunk you it's just yep. you're gonna be here you're participate mm-hmm. and the school system let them do that because it showed a kid if you're gonna come here there needs to be effort shown if you're gonna get somewhere yeah and now it's just it's just not in place anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And I do think there are a group of individuals in our country that are still old fashioned. They're working hard. They, they're, they're going after something. They want to be dedicated. They want to, you know, they want to be the first person there and the last person to leave. You know, they, they want that. Yeah. I just think that there's a lot of our society that just re- rewards somebody to the point where they don't have to push themselves that hard, mm-hmm. you know? And so then the, the, the fast forwarding that becomes like a almost like a weakness where yeah. when when God forbid something big comes along that we have to we have to stand up for or we have to go fight for exactly whether it's literal or or just in in society or something it's like we're not going to have the the wherewithal to do anything exactly we're going to be just kind of like hamstrung right yeah you know, it's like my video games didn't prepare me for this yeah right and uh, oh. I don't know. I, I feel like this has infiltrated the church too, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's 
if it's in society in North America in general, it's going to filter into the church somehow. So have you seen any, any ways where, where the, the church, like men in the church are, are sort of being affected by this warped view of manhood? Yeah, very much so. Cause they get a, there's a distorted view of God where there's not supposed to be any hardship. There's not supposed to be any struggle. Everything's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there, uh, when your, your faith is constantly tested, you know what I mean? The yeah. rain falls in the just and the unjust. It's like there's biblical stuff to back this up. We've I mean, we've seen Steve just in the last couple of years have a he, uh, you know have a heck of a time from the standpoint yeah. of his house burning down, his granddaughter dying, mm-hmm. uh, his associate pastor, somebody he's very close with, is has uh, you know stage four cancer yeah. and is and is in a very bad way, and it's at a point where we've gotten to see from the front Steve lead from the front, yeah. And constantly go after Jesus Christ and, uh, and the truth that He has shown. Never putting an expectation upon what He should receive from Jesus in that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that has shown us a hard work type of Christianity, which I think that goes against a lot of people's beliefs. Of that's not what it's supposed to look like. They're supposed, you know, they're supposed to be blessing on your life, and that blessing looks like this, this, or that. Yeah. And they would say it doesn't look like your granddaughter dying from leukemia. It doesn't mm-hmm. say your house burning down, and it wouldn't look like stage four liver cancer in your associate pastor either. Yeah, in the same year mm-hmm. as your granddaughter yeah. dying from cancer. Yeah. So that would be looked at as, well, where's the favor upon your life? Where's mm-hmm. the blessing? You know, when it's just saying we're going to love God no matter what, and sometimes that's going to look like a lot of hard work. Yeah. Sometimes that's going to look like cleaning up crap from a house. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Or burying my granddaughter. Yeah. You know, and that, and and that's just going to be, we're going to love Jesus anyway, and we're going to keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. And I think there was a lot of times in the example we've given today of World War II where everybody wants to relent, but they said, no, we got to push forward. Yeah. My wife, my our, our wives are at home. Our kids are at home. Yeah. They need us to do this. Well, you know? my, and, my favorite example is the, I, I love, I've, I think I read the Band of Brothers book or watch the series maybe once a year. Yeah. Um, and I like I even have the the book. I've got the audio book. I just love love the history behind it where the guys the guys got drafted, right? They're all drafted. They they have no choice whether they serve in the army or not. They they're, they're yeah. going to serve in the army. And so they said, "Well, if I'm going to be in the army, I'm going to be the best. I'm going to be in the best unit in the entire army." Yeah. And so they they're like, "Well, why why would I like why would I just get shot at on the ground if I could make danger pay and jump out of airplanes? Right. Like yeah, exactly. at least then they don't know where I'm coming from, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, the biggest thing that they ask these guys and they're all, they're all super humble guys too. Um, most of them are, are dead now, but yeah. they, they did a great thing. Um, when they filmed the series they interviewed every one of the living members of easy company. And they asked him, why, why did you, why did you want to be a paratrooper? It's not like, there's technology back then where your shoot opens every time and all this. Like, exactly. Why would you want to do that? And he said, well, if I, if I made myself the best of the best, that means I'm fighting alongside the best of the best. Mm-hmm. So that means that the, the guy on my right and left are, are the best soldiers in the world. So what's my best, what's my best chance of surviving a conflict like World War II? Surround myself with the best fighters. Yeah. So if that means I have to be one of the best fighters, yeah. then so be it. At least I'm not fighting alongside some guy that just got plucked out of a, you know, some, some Yeah, he was town, just right? a dairy farmer and they threw him on a <laughs> right? U-boat. And, yeah. 
and then and he's like oh man okay here we go yeah um so that's that sort of thing that i don't know it's it's well it's uncommon that's why we're talking about it on the uncommon truth yeah um and it's it's one of the reasons why i i saw glimpses of that before i moved down here and in, in the men around here and i guess that's kind of why you you want to run a conference that that talks about it yeah i want to we want to we want men to realize there's other men doing this. You know, I'll never forget my my father texted me on the anniversary of D-Day this year. Yeah. And he said, remember today, your grandfather jumped out of a plane into the beaches of Normandy today to fight for no the country. No way. Yeah. In the 82nd Airborne. Wow. And I often try to relate that to my Christianity from the standpoint of when something looks hard or when you uh, when you're when you're challenged lustfully or when you're challenged, when your faith's challenged or when you're challenged as a father or a husband, or if you're challenged with just eternity, like some of the people that we have on our staff, you know, you're at a place where who am I going to be when it matters? You know? And I thought to myself, man, what it would have, what it would have felt like to be on an airplane, understanding you're jumping into honestly death. Yeah. You know? And I mean, the fact that he was a purple heart, shot twice survived world war ii and yeah you know was at the battle of the bulge and just all these things and you start realizing yourself like what it took as a man to put yourself there and some of these guys are 18 years old 19 yeah. years old and yep. i'm thinking to myself at 18 i i mean i wasn't even making my own breakfast at 18 years old yeah and these guys are getting shot at taking life you know and it's for me i i try to relate myself to that just as much as i try to relate to the realization of what Jesus did on the cross and coming to that standpoint and saying, okay, what's my Christianity going to look like today? Yeah. And then I think as men, we need to be doing that. You know, how am I covering my wife today? How am I, how am I raising my, how am I raising my daughters to look at themselves? You know, what type of a son am I going to bring up in this world? Yeah. You know, who am I going to be when nobody's looking? Am I trusted on my phone? Am I trusted with computers? Yeah. Am I trusted when nobody's watching me at all? Mm-hmm. You know, am I able to be a son? Can I be fathered? Can I be corrected? Can I have some hard things told to me and continue to just function and realize I'm being told that out of love and it's time for me to man up, time for me to grow up. Yeah. It's time for me to do what I'm, what I'm expected to do as a man in this world. Instead of just getting offended. Instead of just getting right? offended and whining yeah. and crying and complaining about this guy doesn't like me or that guy doesn't like mm-hmm. me. And I mean, for me, a lot of the times football did that because you'd sit there and you'd just get cussed at all over the place, yelled at, ripped up <laughs> yeah. and down, and you'd have to realize, oh, I still got to come back and play the next play. Whether I, whether this guy likes me or not, don't really care. Yeah. Because I got men on this field that like me. I yeah. got men on this field that trust me, want me here. And I don't really care what that guy thinks. I got to sh- I got to show up for them. Yeah. And so... There's going to be a lot of people in this world that don't like me or don't want me around. And I have to look at all these other men that I have following me or looking up to me. Mm-hmm. I have to think of my two little girls. I have to think of my son. I have to think of my wife when I'm operating every single day. And I think a lot of times that's what those soldiers are thinking about. Yeah. The guy on their right and the guy on their left. Hey, if I don't sit here and do my job, somebody's going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, and I have to think of that eternally on a daily basis. As tough as that is to stay in that mindset is if I don't do my job as a man, somebody's going to fall by the wayside yeah. or somebody's not going to hear the truth or it, I'm not going to do my job. It sounds like them. it's like, Oh, it's kind of like we're over dramatizing it. But yeah, I mean, when you live in a community like, like Southside here yeah. and you see, you see what fatherless homes look like yeah, oh, for, yeah. for the kids or, or you see the, the homes where the dad's there yeah. doesn't go to work. He doesn't, 
all he does is sit around. He might not even be on on drugs or drink too much or anything, but he just doesn't get up. Yeah. Right? His kids are running the streets and is the garbage in his front yard and it, and he's there, but is he really? Yeah. You know, and then you see the 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 dichotomy when I mean I moved here and I see men who decided to live here with their families. Yeah. Uh, decided to not just live here but then actually raise a family here and and be an example to the rest of the community like look we're going to build houses we're going to clean up the streets i'm not just going to be here you know come here on the weekends but i'm i'm actually going to live here monday through friday saturday oh, yeah. and sunday and my kids are going to be in you know school here and my kids, here, yeah right so um just show, showing something different yeah and that was the the cool thing for me cuz i think i think one thing i recognize in in christianity for men is that yeah we just we just were kind of like it, it seemed like the church was over i guess over feminized and yeah. and we were talking before the podcast it's it's not like it's the women that it's not like it's their problem that no. they've taken roles of leadership in the church or taking like steered services to be more on the emotional side or or anything like that. Yeah. It's it's just it seems like it's the fault of of men not not stepping up, kind of just being too passive. 100%. Almost like the guy on the couch, you know, like, yeah. okay, well, like I'm here. Yeah. Well, and I, I mean and I'm a firm believer in and all of us are here at the Father's House Church of women being in leadership. Yeah. And I don't think that they can properly be in leadership without a man's covering you know what they're they're having to go out from under the covering of man because we're not doing our job to cover them yeah so my wife's in leadership here at the church and there's things that she leads and there's things that she does that i have no part in yeah that i'm just a helper in those ministries or i'm yeah, just well, a she helper was, she was your outreaches. boss for the, right for yeah. a real long time and 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 it's my job to make her successful mm-hmm. and she can't properly lead or do that uh, without without a covering, and there were times she did that without a covering because I couldn't swallow my pride, or like we said, I'd get offended, or whatever it is, uh, an immaturity would rise up, and I'd have to come to the realization, what are we doing here? Yeah, you know, it, there was a grow up moment for myself, and I think women have had to take a lot of roles in churches because the men aren't doing their job. Yeah, it's not an either or thing. It's no. a, it's a, m- men need to be the the leaders and protectors and the servants. Yeah. So that women can also be leaders too, and exactly. and the things they're called to lead, right? Exactly. Um, so yeah, I, I had it was funny because I had a conversation. I went went back to Manitoba and I visited the camp, and it was weird because there, there's a lot of turnover at at camps, right? There's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a year and a half, um, year and a half, two years, it's like barely anybody left, right? Or there's a lot of people that are just kind of in the door when I left that are now there, and and it, it feels really weird going back to going back feels like going back home and and there's yeah. strangers living in your house or you yeah, know that's sure. it's super strange but i i nobody met, knows who you are they're like hey who are yeah. you it's like uh <laughs> like i'm in all yeah. the pictures on the walls right <laughs> yeah um i was here forever before you but <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's just kind of like like somebody going to the lakers and asking kobe bryant who he is yeah exactly hey, who are you? <laughs> yeah yeah so but i i did connect with one guy briefly that um he's a janitor he's he loves having deep conversation but he's he's kind of the guy who's just like he's become embittered over the years because uh he, he's just like that i will only read the king james version and every yeah. everybody's a false prophet 
And oh man, and you know, it started out as a really good like I'm going to be a watchman. I'm not gonna not gonna stand for false doctrine, things like that. And it's yeah, yeah, yeah. it's grown into this like it's like he's he's so bitter about everything. And so he was asking about uh, he was asking about somebody that he knows and how's she doing down there? I said, oh man, she's she's amazing. You wouldn't even recognize her from yeah. who she was before. She's just so like blossomed and now she's she's a pastor and and he he didn't want to hear anything about the ways this person had grown or or just change yeah. or, or or the what the lord has done in her life and her yeah. marriage he won't he just heard woman pastor and he just got this grimace you knew exactly what he was thinking he's like oh i gotta go that's like okay well yeah what 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 does that come from you know, like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's when we don't recognize that we actually have to, we have to be men who can be confident enough to let our wives and, and be like, all my bosses are female right now. Right. Like mm -hmm. in, uh, in my job and, uh, I've got to be, there's something in my, my self, my identity that has to be okay with Jesus enough yep. to be told what to do by by a woman right and and if if i'm not it's not her fault it's exactly. it's with me right when it's at a point of you know we have people that say i know god sent me here it's yep. like well then that is a broad brush that goes over everything you know that right it's like you want to <laughs> tell them it's like yeah i thought god sent you here Oh, well, he did. It's like, well, then you don't get to dictate. But he, he didn't he, send me here to what, for yeah, this, exactly. this, and this, like, right? Well, then now you're playing God. I've definitely been there, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, we all, I think we all have. I mean, then you get a guy like this where, well, he's obviously not letting somebody speak into his life. Yeah. There's no, <clears throat> a big thing we like to talk about here is accountability. <clears throat> Excuse me. Where you allow another man into your life to yeah. sit here and say, hey, man, that's off. Yeah. Show me where that is in the Bible. You know, where are you thinking this? Where yep. did that come from? You sure you don't have a fence built up? What are you doing in your spare time? Yeah. Hey, where were you? Hey, yep. why weren't you there? Hey, what are we doing? Why are we saying that? Why are we thinking? You know, you're allowing somebody to come in there yep. and place correction upon you. And then we're also another huge topic that we have is fathering. Mm -hmm. And being fathered, that involves correction. Yeah. You know, and, and so... Men left to themselves, like kind of the example you gave, man, uh, oftentimes ends in that. It ends in bitterness. It ends in kind of your own philosophies. It ends in a very closed-mindedness. It ends in a don't teach me anything. Yeah. I know everything. Oh, you're one of those people mm -hmm. type thing. And it's and so now we've sat here and robbed a woman of what she's completely worked through, the incredible wife she is, the incredible yeah. person she is, and the fact that she's gone from nothing to something because she went after Jesus is, is kind of scary that we're going to eliminate half the population from, <laughs> yeah. from, you know, from, from God's authority yeah. or, you know, I was listening to, uh, do you know, N.T. Wright, the, yeah. the, the new Testament scholar, I was listening to a podcast with him and, uh, he was, he was asked this question. Uh, if you haven't, if you haven't heard of it, it's called the ask N.T. Wright anything podcast. And he's probably the smartest guy in the world smartest most uh i guess just good foundation bible yeah. bible teachers there is and uh he's british his voice also sounds cool so he uh yeah. he he was asked about women in leadership and he said do you realize that paul gave the letter to the romans to a woman and she had to bring it to to rome and to the church of rome 
And and that doesn't mean she was just the delivery person. She actually had to tell them what Paul meant. Because if you've read Romans, it's like, what? What's going on here? Like, yeah, exactly. wait, where, where? And she, he said, all the other letters, he'd send somebody along to read and say, this is what Paul said, and this is what it means, and this is what he's saying to you. Yeah. And he entrusted a a woman to do that, right? And that's how the church should view women. Paul wasn't like, oh, man, I better find some yeah. dude that can do it. And any dude's better than, you know. Yeah. And so that, that opened my mind a little bit. Well, and oftentimes we're taking one scripture. Oh, yeah. And and we're not really evaluating the context, you know, and that's why for us, we're a massive <clears throat> Jesus movement. You know, yep. we're about Jesus. We're about the new Testament, you mm-hmm. know, and that is because everything is leading up to that. And then you get this massive new Testament and all they're doing is talking about Jesus and what he's supposed to do. Yeah. You know, and, it's at a place where this whole book's based around him. They're talking about him. The prophets were speaking of his coming and we're not putting enough weight in that. Yeah. And we need to be putting a ton of weight in his words and what he's telling us to do. And so I think we take, I think in certain scenarios, especially stuff like women leadership and things like that is mm-hmm. we, we take a verse and we just, yep, that's for everything. And yeah. we don't look into it. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I, I think that we've talked a little bit about what what America and, and society in general is leading men into and, and thinking about men and um, and teaching men. And we've talked about how that sort of bleeds into the church, whether we whether we like it or not. Yeah. Um, tell me about some of your experience in as a men's pastor, discipling men and kind of who they who they are when they come here and and ask you for help and then kind of who they grow into uh, as they see more and more, learn more and more about Jesus. Yeah. Well, oftentimes the guys that we run into around here, which I don't, I mean, I've only done a lot of this here, so I wouldn't know everywhere, but from what we see here is there's a tough standpoint of sitting there listening and following Mm -hmm. the application of what you're telling these guys, them being able to take that and actually believe it could be used or believe that it would actually work for them to apply it. Mm-hmm. Getting them to believe that's tough. Yeah. And so we're trying to get them to understand, hey, look at our lives, look at the fruit of what we're doing, and follow what we're doing. We yeah. know where we're going. We know the direction that is going to help you become mm-hmm. what you say you want to become. That's the tough thing is we're having to combat their view of, of success or the view of their finish line. Yeah. And sometimes their finish line goal isn't the issue. It's the route they're taking to the finish line. That's the problem. Mm -hmm. And we have one that's going to be far more successful. They just don't trust that. Yeah. So we're in agreement with each other on, oh, you want to do that? Cool. Let's make that happen. How you're going about it's wrong, though. And they're like, oh, no, I don't know about that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's just kind of like you don't really understand trying to get some guy to see you don't know what you're doing, man. Let me help you out. Yeah. And I, and as a young man, that's hard because you want to know what you're doing. And the fact that somebody's telling you, Hey, that goal you have, you don't know how to get there. Mm -hmm. I can help you get there. Being able to relent that and kind of like 
let go and surrender that is almost impossible at times, man. Getting yeah. some guy to believe, no, I want, I, I'm going to help you. I promise. Yeah. No, we're going to, we're going to help you be successful. I think your goal is great, man, but let's help you become that. Well, you know, I, they I don't relate to, listen that a, to that. I relate to that a bunch because I mean, I, I moved down here and in my brain, it's like, logically, everything that i see i'm i'm in agreement with like oh yeah that's that's the right way to yeah. to disciple somebody because man we need we need to learn how to be men yes. um and so yeah I, I agree with that or um well that's a tough approach but that you know whatever it is that's that's the right way or yeah. i think especially like the way the church is um we're a 220 person church with a 70 member staff for all intents and purposes yeah like Imagine a, a mega church with that sort of ratio. I see that and like, yes, I, I agree. Yeah. And then it comes down to the actually doing it mm-hmm. and the actual following and walking it out in a day to day thing. And yeah. it's like, it's so tough because I'm like, yes, but no. Yeah. But yes, I agree in my head. But man, it's so difficult to actually, you know, like I, I, I sit here and, and do a podcast about what would the world be like if we all just gave our lives away and decided to live in a place like this where people oh, yeah, needed us. And, and, and I can, I, I can do the logic thing pretty good. Yeah. And, and it worked enough for me to say, Hey, let's move down there and give yeah. it a try. And then when it gets to the, uh, <laughs> just the, like an example would be, well, every time the church is open, you're inside the church. And when you, when you got a five month old at home who doesn't sleep right now yeah, and it's like, Oh, but you know, all my kids have coughs and they're not sick. They're not sick enough to have to stay home. But I really, you know, this would be a day, you know, two years ago where I just been like, I'll send it in today. I'll phone it in and, uh, and then still coming to church anyway, because I got a job to do. I got people to serve. I got, you know, there's going to be somebody there that needs, needs me there. And there's going to be something there that I need and getting behind that emotionally. That's a different story than, than agreeing with it you know, kind of on paper. That's well, just one example. But when well, we got like, we have a month in our school, uh, a themed month called discipleship. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to speak in there this month about discipleship. And I said, Hey, how many of you guys think you're really good disciples? Not a single person raised their hand, <laughs> you know? And I said, yeah. no, you guys are great disciples. You, uh, you guys are just great disciples at the wrong stuff. Okay. You know, because yeah. it's like, nobody has any problem going to work and saying, Hey man, go do that. It's just, mm-hmm. oh, okay, sure. Yes, sir. I'm yep. working. I'm here. Yeah. You know, when, and then, but they're not putting that same value within the leadership of church. Yeah. You know, so they have no problem going to a job site and doing that, or they have no problem listening to their, uh, I mean, being discipled a by a yeah. coach or, I mean, they're all being discipled by something, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's a, it's a artist in music or it's a, like you say, a coach or it's a Home Depot manager or wherever yeah. they're at. You know, they are being discipled by something. They are letting somebody pour into their life and they are getting what they do on a day to day basis, their views, their thoughts, their attitude, their actions, their reactions, Mm -hmm. their body language, their behavior, all of that stuff. They're learning from something, someone they're being discipled by something. Yeah. But then you you implement that in a Christian based standpoint and a lot of people just malfunction. Mm -hmm. They can't do it. So they'll go to a job and somebody will say, hey, you don't dress like that at this job. Go, You better go change. Go do this. And it's like, okay, well, if you, uh, they're thinking in their head, well, I want a paycheck. I better go change. Yeah. You, I mean, we had a couple LRM disciples come in here last night. 
not dressed in their dress in their dress code for church. What are we doing, man? Yeah. And there's a it's a huge uproar. Oh, because yeah. this is church. And this it's is just, different, right? And this it's just is... whiny, whiny, whiny. And it's like, dude, do what you're told, man. Yeah. Otherwise, you don't have to be here. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like you need us. Remember? Yeah. You came to us for help. You came to us for whether you know it or not, discipleship. Mm-hmm. You came to us to to follow us. That's why you came here. Yeah. And that means you do what you're told. And I'm pretty sure there were no soldiers in World War II saying, yeah. I don't want that gun. Why does he get that gun? I yeah. want, you know, it's like, it doesn't work like that. You want to survive? Here's a gun. Yeah. Find a way to use it and use it well. Mm-hmm. You know, and for us, it's just kind of like, you want to learn how to be a man? I'm further along than you. And I'm far better at it than you are. Mm-hmm. Follow me and you're going to be well. Yeah. Well, and, and you can say that because you've got men that you're following too that say exactly. those things to you, right? Exactly. And it's not, it's not just... Uh, we're we're putting you on a pedestal and say, okay, well, this guy knows what it takes. Yeah. No, there's a there's a hierarchy of just like I guess just like in the army, right? Where it's like, yeah, hey, it's not just me saying this. This is actually what I learned from Steve, yeah. right? And 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 this is what Steve learned, learned from, from his pastor, right? And, and it's just it's just it's like a family tree mm-hmm. where it's like I mean, when I'm raised by my dad, there were several things I didn't get a choice in, yeah, because. I'm not paying the bills. I'm living under his house. I'm a little kid and he's a grown man. And when he said, do this, it got done. Yep. There's several things. My girls and my son don't get a choice in. Yeah. You know, my daughter said this morning, I don't really want to go to school. I don't really care if you want to go to school. <laughs> we're going to school today. Cause yeah. that's what we do. Cause yep. you signed up at the beginning of the year and we're going. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Today it's Thursday and Thursday school day. Yep. I mean, it's just, we're getting your lunch packed. Here's breakfast, go brush your teeth, get dressed, we're leaving. Mm-hmm. I mean, she doesn't get an opinion in that. And I think sometimes we think we need an, we need or we're entitled to an opinion, and you're just not. Yeah. You know, and uh, there's going to be a lot of things in manhood where you're just not entitled to an opinion. I've had to tell several guys that, you know, they just have their first kid, and it's like, dude, suck it up. Mm-hmm. Be there for your wife. You have no clue what she's going through. Absolutely none. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm able to tell them that because I struggled in that area. Yeah. Because... It's the hardest thing in the world. It was the hardest thing in the world. And I had no clue how to help my wife. And I wish I would have had somebody there a little bit more often saying, hey, suck it up. Yeah. She needs you right now. Stop being a whiner. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's like I learned that after that first baby. And it's like, oh, I need to do that way better. Yeah. And thank God I got two more shots at it. (laughs) But it's like, it's not, I'm trying to convince these guys, dude, I promise you, you want to know this now. Mm -hmm. You don't want to, you don't want to screw up the first baby and then realize, Oh man, yeah. Just take my advice. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to convince guys of that. It's really difficult. Yeah. So quickly, we got this conference coming up. Is it, it's the 24th, 25th, 26th of March. That's right. Yeah. And so it's, it's going to be here in Oroville at the father's house church. Uh, I'll throw out the website. I think yeah. it's jesusmanconference.com. Yes. But I'll, I'll link it all in the show notes. So if, if you missed any of it or you you don't have a pen and paper while you're driving, it'll be there. Just scroll down. But um, what are some of the things, some of the things you're going to cover in this conference yeah. over those few days? Yeah, a lot of the stuff we've hit on today too. But big thing for us is going to be fathering and sonship, mm-hmm. discipleship, accountability. We're going to talk about sexual purity. Uh, we're going to talk about just being the... Uh, the covering over your family, the covering over your wife, the covering yeah. over your children, what that looks like, getting your throne in order, what the throne of your life's supposed to look like, and really what Jesus overall is saying, what man sh- manhood should look like. Yeah, because really when it comes down to it, I guess it's it's pretty clear from our conversation, we're getting signals about what 
what being a man is like and yeah. and most of them aren't coming from from Jesus, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um it's, it's just made up. Yeah. Yeah, where it's, you know, well we we see this in in Hollywood or Right. Exactly. We're seeing we're we're, we're getting it from something that's not Jesus, it's not biblical. Yeah. So is this conference just for people in ministry, or is it, like, who is it for? Uh, well, it's it's just for men. Right. That's the only real, <laughs> yeah. you know, shutdown on that. But, no, we want ministry. We want non-ministry. We want everybody they can that's actually looking for something s- centered around Jesus. This is not going to be centered around just being a man and being outdoors. And it's not, It's. Not, I mean, although some of that is, is just insinuated and talked about, yes, this is going to be directly about being a Christian man and what that looks like being a Christian husband and a Christian father and a Christian son. And, mm-hmm. and what is that supposed to look like and how are you supposed to uh, react, behave, act, so on and so forth. So yeah. it is going to be based solely off of Christian principles of what a man's supposed to look like. Okay. Well, that's good. So if you're interested in, in coming to Orville and, and checking out that Jesus man conference, yeah. hit up that website, jesusman.com. JesusManConference.com. Yeah. Uh, if you can't remember that, you can go to changeorville.org. That's uh, the Father's House website, and there's links up to there. Yeah. And uh, I think we'll probably throw out a promo on... Uh, I'll have to talk to some people, but keep your ears to the ground. Listen to some future episodes. We might throw out a promo there for uh, put in put in podcast or something, get something off. Yeah. Um, check out the show notes. Maybe after we record, we'll figure something, something out about that. But it's not going to be something you're going to want to miss. I'm going to be there. Derek's going to be there. Yep. Steve, Jordy, some of the other guys that have have been shapers of this this movement of men, where we've got men here that are are learning how to be men, practicing it in front of everybody, and uh, their lives are different because of it. So, uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. It's been yeah. real cool talking with you. Thanks for having me again. So that's it for our first episode of the new year, and I think it went pretty well. I would love to know what you thought about the episode, so I've put my email in the show notes just under under the show. If you scroll down on your phone or wherever you're listening to, uh, you can get my email. You can send me a comment about what you thought about this show. You can ask me some questions. Maybe I can address them in an upcoming show. Of course, I'd really appreciate it if you drop down to iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts at and leave The Uncommon Truth a rating or a review. That will really just up our game on the charts, and that will allow other people who haven't heard of The Uncommon Truth who might be interested, allow them to see the show and, and start to listen. Also in the show notes, you'll see the the link for the Jesus Man Conference. That's jesusmanconference.com. You can also get to that from our our other website, changeorville.org. If this show piqued your interest, then you're definitely going to want to check out that conference. Uh, once again, the dates are March 24th through 26th. And there is housing available here uh, on a limited basis at the Father's House Church. If you want to come in and need a place to stay, we could also show you some of the best hotels around Orville. The cost is going to be $135 for registration. But if you use the promo code podcast on the the link there or on the website, you're going to get $10 off your registration. So uh, I've saved it to the end of the episode to make sure you listen to the whole thing. But throw in that promo code podcast to get 10% or $10 off your registration. We're now entering our second calendar year as a podcast. And 2019 was a good one. We had 
uh, 5,000 plus people listening to the show, which is humbling and a good start. 37 episodes in the books. This is number 38. And we're going to start doing something a little bit different coming up here. Uh, we're going to make sure we want to start offering even better content and even more thoughtful content. So we're going to start uh, offering episodes every other week. So it's still going to drop on Mondays, but every other week you're going to get a podcast episode of The Uncommon Truth dropping into your your podcast app if you subscribe to the show. You can also get us on Spotify and, and pretty much any other podcasting platform. The, the reasoning behind that is we've got a ton of episodes in our back catalog now, 37 of them, and we want to allow people to catch up. And we also want to be able to give really good content and, and really thoughtful content, maybe even getting some guests on from other places, just to continue having conversations about the church the way Jesus meant it to be. So that's what you can be looking forward to here in 2020 from The Uncommon Truth. So thanks for listening, and thanks for making The Uncommon Truth part of your podcasting routine. This is Max, and I'll see you next time here on The Uncommon Truth.